When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So this is pretty awesome, guys, and I want you to picture something. It's Sunday night, uh, a little bit before 8 o'clock. Unfortunately, I just finished watching my Dallas Cowboys take a loss to the Washington Redskins. But my wife just put the kid to bed, and I decided to um, spend some time on our Tier 1 chat while updating what would be Monday's episode of the Trading Coach Podcast. And on the chat, I got inspired to do a brand new episode. See, um, well, I guess first and foremost, if you're new, welcome back to the show. My name is Akil Stokes. I am a professional Forex trader. I am also a trading coach over at tier1trading.com. And this is my show, my blog, my weekly look inside the jumbled mess that is my head, um, other known as the Trading Coach Podcast. If you're new and you like it, make sure you subscribe. If you're not sure if you like it or not, Take the 10-episode challenge. We're closing in on episode 100 by the time you guys hear this. Probably past it by the time you newer listeners listen. Um, So go back, pick any 10 episodes, find one with a cool title, listen, let me know what you think, and hopefully I will earn your subscription. If that's the case, also feel free to leave me a nice review on iTunes or any other podcasting app that you may be watching or listening to this on. But I was on the chat and I was talking to one of our traders uh, named Rick and he said, um, Akil, I had a question for you. He said, I was going to comment on the video, um, but I decided I wanted to ask you here because I have you here. Uh, and that's kind of the cool part about our network, our community. It gives you access to us at any given time that we're logged in and typically logged in pretty, uh, pretty much during the day. But he says, I want to ask, I was just watching a video, and to give you some reference, I, I posted a video this weekend um, basically showing a three-day walkthrough of a trade that I was uh, in during the week. And unlike my typical videos where I'm sharing a few trading ideas, this one was kind of giving you an inside look behind the curtains at our live room where we're going through the trading opportunity live each and every day in the market. And he said, during the video, I noticed that you have a desire not to look at your PL, your profit and loss. So basically looking at the opening position um, or the active position while you're involved in the trade. Is this a, a psychological thing? Why do you do that? Is this a psychological thing? For example, you just want to let the trade play out and, and leave alone, or is there another reason that you're doing it? Um, I'm just wondering. And it is 100% a psychological thing, right? 
I always preach, um, and, and Jason Greystone preaches this uh, himself. My trading mentor, Jason Stapleton, preached this process over outcome. I actually preach this in, in many other aspects of my life as well. Um, coaching track and, and really just living life, right? Don't worry about the outcome. Typically, we we can't really control the outcome. Control what you can control is another one. But um, what we can control is the process. Uh, for track and field, it's training the right way. It's, it's running the race the right way. You, you'll never, you never know if someone is better than you. If someone has an off day, if someone has a spectacular day, all you can do is attack the race that in the, or the event in the way that you're supposed to. And, you know, the outcome will be what it is. You can't control it. Uh, in life, same thing, right? I, I try to live my life just living the right way. I, I, I've given up on trying to control what happens in the world, what happens in our government, what even happens in my household. I got two young children running around. So you guys that are parents, you know exactly about that. I just try to live life the right way. I try to I try to do the right things. I try to be a good person. And I trust that if I continue to do that, um, life will work out for me. I know it sounds kind of bad, like you want to go out and, and, and grab life by the horns and take it. Um, but, you know, you can't control all of your situations in life. You just, you know, you do the right thing and, and trust that doing things the right way will lead you to where you want to go. And in trading, it's the same thing, right? Process over outcome. Our goal here is to take good trades, right? A great book, if you guys haven't read it already, by Mike Bellafiore is called One Good Trade. And in that book, he preaches, find one good trade. What do you do after that? find one good trade. What about after that? Find one good trade. And it's never about finding this profitable trade or that profitable trade. It's just finding good trades. And if you have a system that is testable, verifiable, and repeatable, right? A consistent system that you've tested, that you've taken through the ringer and has proven that it has a positive expectancy, meaning that it's profitable over time and over different market conditions, then if you consistently take one good trade, i.e. the trades that meet the rules for that system, um, then you should end up on the profitable end, right? You've heard me say consistent execution plus consistent analysis equals consistent results. Now, one of the things that sabotages that, and this is one of the main reasons traders fail, by the way, if, if there was a study done, I think back in 2010, where they took a look at um, all of the trading activities from FXCM, which was the, the, the biggest broker at the time, um, and they noticed that traders tend to win in general. All traders tend to win more than they lose. Um, however, you've also heard that there's a 90% failure rate in trading. So you can put two and two together. If more traders win than they lose, then how come 90% of traders are failing? And it's it's the self-sabotage. And that is partially, or I guess some some forms of self-sabotage are the sabotage, sabotage. There we go. Um, sounding like... Uh, What's that Looney Tune character? Suckering subotage, right? Um, two normal parts of a routine ways of self-sabotaging are one, moving stops. So a trade is going against you and, and out of fear, you're moving stops back and back and back um, because you're trying to avoid the, uh, the inevitable, right? It's going to reverse. It's going to reverse. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And boom, you're stopped out for three times more than what you uh, initially planned on risking. Or taking profits early, meaning that the you know markets bounce around. They don't typically go from A to B right away. They kind of go up and down and up and down and up and down. They kind of yo-yo and, and, and tease you to death before 
reaching your your endpoint. And what happens to a lot of traders is they see that and they they get excited because they're in profit and then the market goes against them. They get scared because they feel like they're losing profit, even though it's not profit until your position is closed. But eventually they end up closing their position early because of fear and they end up taking less on a win than what they're supposed to get. And although I preach process over outcome, although to my live room members and the traders that I work with on a regular basis, they see me as this robotic figure that has zero emotions, makes no mistakes. Um, that's not true. I, I am a human being, right? And all human beings have emotions. The key is I understand how to control and manage my emotions. And one of the ways I do that is I don't look at my active trades. Now, if I have to actively manage a trade, I will. So if it's a day trade that I have to actively manage and, and watch tick by tick, like a, a very low time frame day trade, then I will. But I'm mainly a swing trader. Most of my, my trades take hours to days to play out. Um, so I know specifically when I can come in and and manage to trade or what levels I need to see hit before I can manage to trade. So I'm not sitting there actively looking at, you know, my P&L tick um, up $1 at a time, right? And, you know, one of the things that I've used to help myself stay sane, help myself not give in to the temptation to move stops, not give in to the temptation to take profits early, not give in to those emotions that come when you're dealing with money, because money is a powerful emotional driver, right? Money, politics, right? Family, those are three things. Um, I just don't look at it, right? I've, I've discovered that if, if I go to the top right corner of my computer screen, there's this brilliant little thing called an X, right? Sometimes it's red if you move your mouse over it. If I click that X or if I click the little dash mark next to that X, it closes down the screen. And I'll tell you what, when I close down the screen, I no longer worry about the trade, right? Out of sight, out of mind. And, and this is a psychological element that we see in many other aspects of our life, but for some reason, we don't want to use it in trading. Think about this, right? A few months ago, I, um, I was having some internet issues at my home. I used to have a home office. I was having internet issues. They had to drill under the ground and fix all this stuff. And what I did was I ended up getting an office in the city. And I did a whole podcast about the pros and cons of working from home versus working from that office. And one of the things that I noticed that, and I noticed this before in life too, but when I'm working from an office or working anywhere away from home, when I'm just not home, right, my eating habits are a lot better. I tend to gain weight when I'm working at home. I tend to lose weight while I'm working at an office. Now, at first I thought, okay, maybe it's the five flights of stairs that I have to climb each and every day to get to the fifth floor. Um, but it's the fact that I just don't eat as much, right? When I go into my office every day, I'll usually bring a, a snack, right? I'll bring like a thing of peanut butter crackers or some carrots, celery, a yogurt, something. One little snack because that's enough to get me from um, between breakfast to lunch. However, when I'm at home, right, in our live room, we take 13-minute breaks about, we take about three 13-minute breaks throughout the day. In my live room, guess what I do whenever I get one of those 13-minute breaks, I get the munchies. Why? It's the same time duration. I'm doing the same task. So what's the main difference? Well, the main difference is I'm at my house. 
I have access to all of the delicious goodness that rests inside my cabinets and my refrigerator. And it's a lot harder to avoid that, right, when it's right there in front of your face. If I'm in my office and I want to eat more, guess what I, guess what I got to do? I got to walk down those five flights of stairs. I got to walk out the door. Sometimes I got to put the alarm on and lock up. I got to put my coat on if it's the winter. I got to go all the way to the CVS or whatever corner store or pizza place I'm going to. I got to spend time in there, right? It's just not worth it. It's just too much. It's not right in front of me. And what I found, what I found is that I just don't think about it, right? And we could do the same thing in an opposite direction for you guys that are trying to eat healthy, right? Um, one of my colleagues did this. He, he read this study. We teach a lot about nutrition and whatnot and about, you know, really, you know, how our body craves certain things and, and when we crave certain things how to put the right things in your body and one thing is you know replacing those delicious treats with like apples and you're much more likely to eat something nutritious if it's right there in front of you right instead of needing to go into the fridge and get the apple and wash it and cut it and blah 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 right if you pre-slice the apple if you leave it out on your counter if you just even not pre-slice it, just leave the apples out washed in like a bowl on your counter you're more likely to grab and go that that snack just because it's easier and just because it's right in front of your face instead of you needing to go search for it and the question is, why do we do this? Well, from from, from a, a psychological standpoint, this is weird. I, I swore my whole life, right? I've got some mommy issues. I swore my whole life I'd never get into psychology. I'd never get into teaching because that's what my mom did. And lo and behold, now I'm teaching. Now a lot of what I teach is psychology. I, I right, fell right into the trap. It was destined, right? Destined to become this. But if we look at this from a, a psychological standpoint, and you guys have heard out of sight, out of mind before, right? That is a real, a real thing. And what happens is when, when, when let's take trading again, when the P&L, when, when the open trade is right in front of us, right? We are in what is called an impulsive state, right? And an impulsive state means that we're in a, in a, in a state of high alert where we are easily, um, we're easily influenced by incentives, right? We're easily stimulated, right? And that stimulation is the trade that we took, right? You know, a lot of you guys, when you take a trade, you already get kind of the, the butterflies, you're a nervous wreck, the heart's pound, and you get that kind of the gambling sensation. Where, <laughs> boom, hit the button, right? So you're already in that hyped up type of state ready to go. And any type of stimulation, right? And, and the incentive here is, is obviously either making money on, for taking targets early or avoiding losing money um, by moving stops uh, or something like that, right? That's the incentive. And we're in that, 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 that highly influenced and stimulated state where if we're looking at it, we're just more likely to do it, right? All we need is kind of one little thing to trigger us. And you guys have probably been like that where you're, you're revenge trading, where you, you're looking at something, it doesn't meet your rules, but you want to trade it, you want to take it, and all of a sudden you're on a, a trading form and someone's like, hey, guys, just got short Euro, Euro dollar. You're like, oh, me too. <gasps> right? Another good example for you, you uh, MMA fans, right? Gosh, I forgot his name, but the last fight, McGregor versus uh, the Russian guy, right? There was a big thing. It was this big, massive fight, right? You know, Conor McGregor, he's this Irish trash talker, and he was offending this guy in all sorts of, way, of ways, as Conor McGregor typically does. And 
the guy he was playing I'm, or fighting, I'm really mad, I can't remember his name right now, um, uh, Khabib, I think, he, uh, he played it cool the entire time. However, after choking Conor McGregor out in the ring, right, he's all fired up, he's, he's in this, this, this impulsive, really stimulated state, um, he goes over and he starts talking smack with one of the guys that he has a, kind of an, another beef with in Conor McGregor's camp. So what happens after that? Well, one guy says the wrong thing and boom, all of a sudden you're triggered. He jumps out of the ring and they start fighting outside of the cage, right? It's the same thing with trading. Instead of jumping out of a cage and, and fighting and breaking those rules, we're jumping into a trade that we shouldn't be in and breaking our trading rules. So, you know, that is the reason why when I enter a trade, after I make sure my, my stops are set, my, my targets are set and... and all of the risk, and I guess, you know, 90% of the trade is done before I ever enter the trade. So, you know, it's, you know, entering the trade, physically hitting the button is usually the last thing or physically seeing it triggered is usually the last thing aside from trade management. Once I do that, there's just no need to, there's no need to watch it. I know that only negativity will come out of it. And I'm not saying don't watch it all the time. Again, if there's an important news event that you need to pay attention to, um, watch it. If there's any other thing for trade management where you're actively trailing a stop or need to get uh, things to break even, then you watch it. But aside from that, you can't be a slave to it, especially while you're in this impulsive state because you're just tempting yourself to do something bad, right? Don't put yourself in a situation where you're going to make a bad decision. And that's exactly what this is. So the next time you get the urge, right? You're in a trade and you're watching it and your heart's pumping and you get the urge to, to, to do something or you feel like you're about to do something like you're, that you're not supposed to, just get away. Just leave, close it out, take a walk, do something called a, a pattern interrupt, right? We do some push-ups, do something really random. And what that's going to do is it's going to reset your brain. It's going to take you out of that state of mind, that stimulated state of mind. And it's going to kind of set you back to zero where you can actually have a clear mind. You can actually make clear judgment uh, in the markets. Hmm.